0: Welcome back to another episode of Commission Impossible. This is episode seven, and uh, we didn't take any time off at all. (laughs) We 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 basically took Ryan's entire summer break off. (laughs) How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. Just a short little layoff. Oh, that's terrible of us. You you had all this school off, and we didn't do any shows. Well, you had this. uh, What you had some kind of league going,
1: I think, over the past (laughs) the past few weeks. So, and you had this new
0: job thing. You're, you're a little busy. Yeah, that's, and it mostly was, it, it was my fault. I will admit that it most was, of it was my fault. Every time yes. Ryan was able to do it for some reason, I wasn't able to do it. It, it was, uh, it was almost always my fault. So uh, sorry about that. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> so, uh, well, hey welcome back glad you're still listening or if you're picking this up for the first time uh, thanks for tuning in these episodes are somewhat evergreen we we mostly answer commissioner questions talk about commissioner settings rules how to you know do stuff how we do stuff so tonight we're just we're going to answer a bunch of questions see where that leads us we we always get tons of questions if you have any questions you can tweet us at Comish podcast or email us I think both of those are right. This is a lot of outtakes. (laughs) All right. Let's just dig into the questions. All right. First, we got a question from Marauder. Have you ever contracted a league two owners leaving from 16 to 14? How is the best way to share the players? If there's a super stud involved, you ever contracted a league, Ryan? I never have actually. Um, I think if I were going
1: about it, well, the the easy way to go about it is if you have if you if your league uses blind bid waivers, yeah, then that's the way to go. Um, and in fact, even if your league doesn't use blind bid waivers, I think I may do some type of auction, mini auction, uh, as yeah. as probably the fairest way to do that. And if if there's a stud involved and somebody wants to go all in. Then he probably is going to get that player, and otherwise, uh, you know, maybe some players or some owners would target multiple players and and balance it out. But just throwing them in waivers in in the normal waiver run is probably not the way to do it.
0: Right, right, yeah. The almost the almost the only fair way I can think of is some kind of auction or waivers in you know waiver with Fab, but man. Every time I think of, of this happening, I imagine like the super good team that doesn't need much. He's like, I'm just going to put a hundred on it. You know, if it's a hundred dollars, you know, like I, I feel like that kind of situation automatically the super stud goes to the, the best team instead of the worst team, because they don't need, they don't need to spend their money on anything else. That's true. So, so, so. what would you consider just a, a second draft?
1: Not, not including the players in the rookie draft, but just a second separate uh, contraction draft as a fair option.
0: Worst to first kind of deal where the worst team is just going to end up getting that super stud. It's probably how I do it. That's, that's, I hate to say it, but that's probably how I do it. Just because I feel like if you give every team an even amount of money, the, the best team will not need anything and they'll just spend every dime on the super stud and then they'll just get better. It makes the best team better. I, That's tough. That's tough. I would probably just do, you know, a regular worst to first draft with those two teams where the players it sucks, but it's probably how I would do it. Yeah. That is probably the easiest way. Oh, okay. Zach, what do you got for us? Some guy named Zach here. Uh, if you're listening, how you doing Zach? What do you do when a rule change proposal has a lot of backing but as a commish, you just don't like it. Oh man, oh this is is interesting. I I guess this depends on, first off, is this a league like you created and you got a bunch of people to join or is this like a bunch of friends together? (laughs) Because if you just created it and got a bunch of people to join and you created it as your league, your baby, I can see just not allowing that change proposal at all but man, what do you do if it's friends? What do you do in either situation, Ryan? I think there's a lot of it depends
1: on, you know, with this question. Uh, And I I think what what you pointed out are are a couple of the issues. But when it comes down to it, if if I don't like it, it sounds super selfish. But if I don't like it, I'm probably just not going to allow it. And it it really, again, it depends on what it is. Um, If it's a minor change, then... Um, I, I do like to give the owners in my league some kind of voice and, and, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say power, but you know, opportunity to, uh, to make some changes. But if, if in my main league and in, in hyperactive or kitchen sink, there's this sudden push to make it IDP. Well, I don't, I don't really like IDP. I've tried it a couple times and it, it IDP is not for me. So, Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not going to consider that at all. If they want, if they want to join an IDP league, then go find one. Um, now that's probably an extreme example. I
0: can't. Right, but yeah. I mean, if you if you just think about it this way, you're the commissioner, or I'm the commissioner, and it's a rule change that you don't even want to play. You don't really want to play in that league like IDP, but let's say it's something smaller. Uh, you don't even want to play in that league. Then they don't have a commissioner. You know, so I, I don't think it's that selfish. I mean, it. I, I think the other thing is if it's a rule change that you don't really feel is in the best interest in the, of the league, but a lot of people want to have it in there, um, that's another thing, another reason why not to do it. I'd say nine times out of ten in my leagues, if I really don't like a rule, it's just not going in. And that's, I, I don't, I think you're probably right. Maybe it's a little selfish, but I'm, I'm with you. It's... I don't want if I don't want to play in that league, I definitely don't want to commission that league. Yeah, I, I will say that when when we're
1: in that rule proposal process, like in February, some somewhere around around there, uh, if there's a rule proposed or suggested that e- either I don't like or I don't, I just don't think is a good idea, it usually doesn't even get to the voting process. Right, right. I'm probably just going to that person explaining my point of view and and maybe they accept that or or maybe they don't
0: but we're usually not even voting on it. Yep, that's the same as me. Yep, if if I don't really like it, it's it's just not getting a vote. Um let's let's move to Van Burf. I believe he's got a banana as his Twitter handle. Oh yeah. How do you handle people trying to find loopholes in bylaws? This is a common problem in my leagues. How about you Ryan? I've I've had that happen before for sure. Um, It's kind
1: of frustrating, but at the same time, it it keeps me on my toes. Like uh, I'm one I have been guilty of um, writing really intricate, detailed set of bylaws but then not not always keeping those updated when we make rule changes or things like that. Honestly, I, I just kind of forget it. it. It moves down the priority list and actually I probably need to go update some of those after we record the show. Um, so, so yeah, we do, ha- I do have a couple of, uh, a couple of people who like to manipulate the rules a little bit mm-hmm. and um, th- there's not really much to do as far as, a commission a commissioner just you know try to stay on top of those things um,
0: and always make the
1: best decision for the
0: league yeah and if it's if it's one of the leagues i've created and it's one such a interesting league like tons of interesting rules there's going to be a, that learning curve and sometimes i will pull the best interest of the league card and be like this isn't happening I got to put this in the rules right now and let the league know other times. If it's not a big deal, if it's not going to crush the league right now, I'll let it slide and close that loophole in the uh, January area after the season. But uh, yeah, don't be afraid to close that loophole right. as it <laughs> right? As it happens. If, if uh, you got to have that best interest of the league clause, it's, it's a big deal for things like that, but yeah. Okay. El Souza how do you handle a trade dispute involving one party reneging on a deal that was negotiated without formally inputting in the host site? Well, first off, this might be something you should have in your rules that (laughs) trades are not official until they're accepted on the host site. But uh, Ryan, do you have to deal with this in any of your leagues? No, I don't think I've ever had that issue.
1: And, And honestly, it probably is because I have something similar to that in my rules. Um, you know, we, we use MFL, of course, as, as most people should. And uh, if, it, if it doesn't go through the site, then it's not official. Um, and I'm sure something like this has happened in my leagues before, maybe quite a few times, but uh, it's, it just never really becomes something that's brought to me.
0: Yeah. It, I, you know, I've, I've heard of this in my leagues you know, people backing out on deals, but uh, it's rare. And if it's not on the site, it's not on the site. I mean, that's where the trades go down. That's negotiation line. But that's where the trade go, trades go down. And I will say, for the most part, like ninety nine percent of the time, trades that go down outside of the site, people people stick to their word. And Maybe I've just had a lot of good owners, but yeah, you should really put that in your rules or, you know, that should really be the default. I mean, even if it's not in your rules, the default should be, well, did it happen on the site? Cause that's where the trades happen. So. I, I can't imagine it being more
1: of an issue though, as um, you know, I guess like in this day and age, because more people are communicating and talking trade via Twitter or via text um, where, Several years ago, you just sent that trade offer off on MFL and you waited for the response and maybe there would be an email back and forth. Uh, but for the most part, that was it. So with with so many communication options, uh, I can see this being more of an issue. I, I just haven't run
0: into it yet. Yeah. Put it in your rules that trades must be processed on the site. Otherwise, they're unofficial. All right. Bobby. Bobby. Hmm. How do you deal with owners in your league that constantly question everything you do as a commish? I try too hard to make everyone happy. Well, first off, you're not going to make everyone happy. That's that's step number one. Ryan, do you have any owners that constantly question you as a commish? Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. A couple mm. come to mind. I won't name them. But uh, I do <laughs> for sure. And, and I guess this is kind of similar to uh, the previous question we had about looking for loopholes. I mean, those those are the same type of people. Um, but as far, as far as what Bobby said about trying to make everyone happy, I, I found myself doing that when I first became a dynasty commissioner a, a, a dozen years ago or so. And I finally decided what you just mentioned, that you're not going to make everybody happy. Not everyone is going to like every rule or every decision. And there are those people that question every trade that goes down unless it somehow benefits them and um in the end i guess i try to find ways to get rid of those people those are just not people i want to play with or against yeah fantasy is supposed to be fun
0: yep <laughs> well i i think i've had that happen with a couple people in my least over the last 26 years uh, once or twice um one or two people, <laughs> maybe more, but I recently took over commissioning safe leagues, uh, which is you know run by my company. It's a commissioner service, and boy, I've 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 heard it left and right from a lot of owners uh, that don't like a lot of the rules that were set up. And because it's a business, I can't change any of the rules after people have paid for. for so you know my hands are super tied and it's it's terrible but you just you just got to hold your ground and be like i'm sorry this is the rules everybody everybody paid knowing these rules i yeah you're gonna say something no i was just gonna make that same point
1: that these people joined and paid and agreed to play in these leagues knowing the rules at least we assume they did uh, if they didn't, that's that's still their own fault. Yeah, it's kind so, of them for
0: not looking. Yeah,
1: um, I understand wanting things to change, and we all kind of have our our perfect dynasty league in in mind. And when you join a new league that has some of those characteristics missing, maybe you want to try to to work them in. But when you're in something like like the safe leagues that you're talking about or, or some of the others that are part of those uh, commissioner services. You can't, yeah. you, you can't expect to,
0: you really can't expect anything to change at all. Once you join the league. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the fact that it's, it's a business and these people, you know, maybe eight or nine of the owners would vote to change a rule, but the other three paid money to a business to play under the rules that were established, you know, if, if I, I suppose if you're a service and have a, you know, uh, a thing in there that there's a voting period before you pay <laughs> maybe, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. You're not going to make everybody happy and people, if they've already paid, they've paid to play for those rules and you're kind of, you're kind of stuck in some of those situations. You just, you got to be tough about it and got to realize you can't make everyone happy. All right Michael what do you got for us let's see here what are your thoughts on two week playoffs? how do you set them up on my fantasy league i am not a fan of two week fantasy two week playoff matchups i know many people that are I, i'm not against them i just i just don't want to do them myself um, but i know Ryan has done them before so
1: go I for have. it Ryan yeah we use the we use a, a form of two week playoff matchups in the kitchen sink leagues. And uh, unless I'm missing something, I really, I really hope I am, Uh, unless I'm missing something, there's not an easy way to set those up on MFL. We, uh, I just set them set the playoff bracket and the matchups as I normally would. um, And then really (laughs) I keep up with, with the games on a Google doc uh, tracking the two weeks of the playoffs or the two weeks of of that matchup and then you have to go in and do some manipulation in mfl you sometimes have to uh, there's a couple ways to do it you can change uh, who advances in the playoff bracket you can make it the loser advancing Mm -hmm. instead of the winner Um, or you can uh, adjust the team's points heading into uh, for example if it's week 12 and 13 is your is your two-week playoff you can adjust the week thirteen score by adding the week twelve score, if that makes sense. Um, so there's there's some different ways to manipulate it. None of them um, are necessarily quick and easy. It, it's a little bit of a process, which is probably why a lot of people don't like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely my fantasy league could use a little help with that that little area. They're they're great for so many things, but. You know, they, they have they have some spots like that, and being able to use blind bidding dollars in auctions would be amazing so we don't have to keep adjusting when people make trades. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, I, th- I think the the way I would probably do it, I've done ones that accumulate playoffs over a couple weeks. I just do it off MFL. I hate to say it, but I do the playoffs off MFL. I, I you know, make a little message on MFL, and I, you know, track it offline you know, Google doc, whatever. Um, I'm, I build my own site, so I'm able to do that with that. But, um, if you track them in a Google doc, uh, I think people will be pretty happy with that as well. And just, you know, put it as a message on the site, but yeah, there's, there's a few ways. It's not the easiest though, as of right now, maybe next year, if, <laughs> if we make the suggestion, we'll, we'll see if they, <laughs> that's an inside joke.
1: <laughs> Honestly, it probably is easier just to not even bother with the playoff brackets. Um, just make sure all your all of the owners in the league know submit a lineup every week, and and we'll kind of figure it out from there. Uh, but yeah, keeping the matchups on a Google Doc or, or on some type of spreadsheet, and just making sure your owners are doing those lineups that that may be the
0: way to go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, Ben. Ben wants to know, I took over commission duties of a league that's not active. Few people complain, but most are content. A few people complain, but most are content with how things are. I don't think I should force change as I think the majority of people just want to tune out most of the off season. What are your guys' opinions? Uh, yeah, that happens. And some leagues are like that. I have, I have one dynasty league that I love being in and they – we do our Debbie draft in February, our rookie draft in uh, beginning of May, right after the draft. And then there's nothing. It's just nothing. And they are completely content. Good group of guys, good owners. Some leagues are just like that. And uh, if if you hate it, that if you hate that, I don't know. I mean, you're commish. So you, it's a little tougher for you to leave, but some leagues are just like that. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh I, I agree
1: with Ben's point. He doesn't think he should force change. He definitely shouldn't. That almost never works, especially when it comes to owner activity level. Uh, if, if the majority of the league is happy kind of shutting it down in the off season, that's probably how it should stay. And if people want to leave and look for more active leagues, or if they just want to stay, if it's a friend's league
0: and they want to add an active league, that's the way to go. You know, I think it depends on what the, I mean, I'm totally, totally agree. It just, I'm thinking through this, that it depends on what the people are complaining about a little bit for me. Cause there should be a rule in there that people have to respond to trades. Like if, if that's the complaint, nobody responds to trade offers in the off season, then that's probably some, that's probably one change I would make where they just respond to the trade offer at least. And uh, other than that, they don't have to, participate in waivers or whatever they can just let it go if they want but at least respond to trade offers right i I think that is a good
1: point and it's it's two different levels or two different layers of inactivity so you've got your inactivity that affects only your own team meaning you're not being proactive with trade offers you're not uh, really participating in the waiver wire like you mentioned uh, and things like that you're, you're just not really trying to do anything with your team and, and then you have that layer of inactivity that affects others not responding to their trade offers uh, not voting in league polls those kind of things can can really affect the entire league and and that yeah that i would have more of an issue with
0: yeah if it's if it's that next level then, then you probably do need to step in and try to make some rule changes to, you know, force them to at least respond to polls and, and trades, but otherwise, you know, let them, let them be content. <laughs> that's, it's just the way that that league seems like it's going to go. All right. Travis wants to know, how do you decide how far in the future owners should be allowed to trade rookie picks? If you go to two plus years out, do you require a partial payment? We have discussed this on the show before. Um, I have moved to the range of only allowing one year in advance. I do still have two leagues that allow up to five years in advance, but I need to cut that back. I don't think two years is too bad. Um, if I don't know everybody very well, uh, or if, yeah, if, if there are some people I don't know super well, I, I start to... I start out the league by having a partial payment, a half payment or a full payment of the following year. But uh, most of my leagues, I I don't even require that payment. So I I know Ryan, I I believe Ryan does in his league.
1: Yeah. We, we do a partial payment or a a down payment, whatever you want to call it, trade fees uh, only for a first round pick. So, Uh, And as far as how far out, I think two years would be the absolute max. Uh, I wouldn't want to uh, go any further than that. I think Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the leagues that you mentioned
0: with five years, I think those are, are those free leagues? Is that correct? Uh, They're basically free and nearly all the guys have been in them for the better part of a decade or more. Yeah. I I think that does change things, but uh, typically
1: um, without knowing any specific league very well, I would say either one or two years for trading those picks and, uh, and definitely require
0: a, a a down payment. Nasty already to know what's a good way to handle vacated rosters when reducing a league from 12 to 10 during post rookie draft tips for dispersal. It feels like we just had a similar question um (laughs) go back to above where we said probably a draft but that involved a super stud this doesn't necessarily involve a super stud uh probably drafted out but if there's if it's pretty even field i don't see i don't see a huge problem with putting them all in the rookie draft as well but a, a separate draft is probably what what should go on here
1: yeah, I, I think if, if I heard the question correctly, I think it's post rookie draft. So they've already yep. had their rookie oh, draft. Oh, they've
0: had the rookie draft. Yes. Yeah, oh, I man. say
1: I say just have another draft. The more yep. drafts, the better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And have another draft, same order, worst to first. Uh assuming you're not doing an auction. Yep, with uh Fab. And probably, yeah, just another draft. What the hell? Sounds like fun. <laughs> Joshua. Joshua, all right. Favorite ways to incentivize more active owners? <laughs> oh, that's see how common that is. Uh, I commission a sixteen-team league where a few set lineups but never respond to trades or use waivers. I don't care if they don't use waivers. A few set lineups, but they don't respond to trades. Meaning there are a couple people that don't respond to trades. Basically, <laughs> they all set lineups just. And not responding to
1: trades—exactly what you said earlier—that should be included in the rules. You're required to answer all trades, even if it's uh, even if it's just clicking clicking that uh, decline and moving on. Uh, that that shouldn't be too difficult for anyone. No. Uh, well, like, uh, as far as Josh was kind of main question there, incentivizing more active owners. It's tough. Again, it's, it's hard to force activity. I like to do, um, to do, I, I try to find things to do throughout the off season. Uh, we've talked a lot about a lot on here about the kitchen sink and the pigs leagues that Scott and I run. Those are both auctions and, and with auctions it's so easy to, uh, to do things throughout the off season in a normal, um, Draft format—it's a little bit more difficult because you have—you uh, you just have the—you uh, know—most likely just the one draft in the off season, the rookie draft, maybe some free agents in there. But you could also create some waiver periods in the off season. Uh, that that could add some activity or or maybe force some activity in your league. Uh, beyond that, it, it's kind of tough, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's incentivizing owners to, to be somewhat trying to get someone to be someone they're not anyway is just tough in any area, really. <laughs> so um you, you do need to, if you listen earlier, <laughs> unless you skip to this exact question somehow, uh, <laughs> definitely put something in there for most responded trades, but even if they, yeah, I don't know, taking fab away. If they don't respond to trades, taking, Rookie picks, uh, pushing them to the end of the line in the rookie draft. I, I don't know. There's, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. It, th- those are a few ideas, I guess. Um, you know, if you if you don't respond to a trade offer three times in a season, you get pushed to the last pick in the rookie draft. Sarah wants to know how come every name that like I start a new one. I'm like Sarah, Wes. What, what is with me doing that? I don't know.
1: You're don't know. channeling your inner DJ, radio yeah.
0: DJ. And back to the show here. I don't know. I don't know what that Sarah, is. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Now, now we're monster truck announcers. <laughs> the, this show needs Easter eggs. All right, Sarah. <laughs> okay, Sarah. With a contract and salary cap league, does the startup have to realistically be done as an auction? Can it work as a draft? any other settings or format recommendations for starting a contract salary cap dynasty? What do you think, Ryan?
1: (laughs) Ooh, that's, that's a biggie. Um, That is
0: a biggie. I'm, I do not play in uh, Ryan knows this. I don't play in contract or salary cap leagues for the past three. I haven't played in them for the last three or four years, five years, maybe because I feel it limits me. Um, and I don't like that feeling. Like I hate losing an asset that I spent years you know, cultivating or whatever. So uh, I know Ryan plays in them a lot though.
1: I do. I, I, I really enjoy contract leagues. I actually have not done – I've done a salary cap league, but it has been quite a while. And I, I was not commissioning that league at that point. So um, I'm not a huge help. What I would probably say is – um, reach out to Dan Myler. He yep. runs, uh, he's kind of the salary cap guy as well as Jeff Miller. Uh, I think Jeff's Twitter is at FF Jeff M. And I think Dan's is at D Myler M E Y L O R 22. Those are the two resources I would, I would go to for any salary cap question, uh, especially as a commission. Dan runs a couple of salary cap leagues uh, they're, they're really great, really competitive leagues. Uh, I've been following those for a couple of years. Um, Sarah's first question, does it have to be an auction? I don't think it has to be, but if it's not, you're getting into creating some type of level
0: tiers. That parameters the f- for what right. round is how many years or what round is how much money. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So that to me, that would get a little messy. I think the auction would be easier. I think if you have a dozen owners who are savvy enough and skilled enough to play in a contract salary cap league, then, then an auction is, is probably nothing to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that That's a very, very good point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might be fun to just, you know, work out first rounder can be signed for up to four years and between this amount of money and this amount of money and, th- third rounders that, you know, might be fun to create a system like that. But yeah, Ryan's right. If, if they're doing that kind of contract salary cap dynasty league already, then an auction shouldn't be too much trouble. Uh, but yeah, Dan Myler or Jeff Miller on Twitter. Um, they, they can really help with salary, salary cap and contract leads. Okay. Van Burf has another one. The banana man himself how do you handle claims of collusion in trades involving you as a commish? I have never had that happen. Oh man. I don't even know how that would Wow. Um,
1: (laughs) I've never had it happen either. So yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Uh, Obviously, you know, if you were guilty of that or not as, as an owner in that league and, and as a a party involved in, (laughs) in the trade, um, and assuming you weren't involved, that you weren't colluding with another owner, there's really there's really nothing to do. Um, it, it's a commish decision as far as collusion and and how to handle that is a commish decision. And if you're involved and you know you did nothing wrong, then there's nowhere to go with it. There's nothing to do. Um, I, I will say though, while I've never been accused of collusion as a commissioner, I have had times. And I've seen others mention this as well, where I felt a little uneasy about accepting a trade that I thought was um, was really in my favor. Oh yeah, that is a common commissioner feeling because I'm opening myself up to criticism. I'm um, I want to do what's best for the league at the same time what's best for my team and and that's where it really gets tricky because every other owner the other 11 the other 23 whatever it is in your league get to manage their team and really pretty much only care about that but as as a commissioner you you're managing your team and you're also looking out for the good of the league and and the the future of the league, and if you accept a trade that you think is just highway robbery, it was a trade that was proposed to you, or uh, whatever the situation is, uh, you kind of have to be careful. That's that's kind of a slippery slope,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's uh, it sucks. <laughs> it does suck. I, I I've never been part of it, but I'm just like as. I was was talking, I, I first off went back to all the times I, I was part of a trade that people were like, what the hell? (laughs) I mean, this just happened this summer to me for a trade. Um, With a very, very good owner too. So it it made me feel even weirder about it (laughs) because, but anyway, I'm trying to imagine being in that position where someone would accuse you of flat out collusion. I, I I don't know. It, it depends if it's in front of the whole league too. If it's in front of the whole league, like it's a email chain, you basically got to explain your case. <laughs> I, I think I think you do have to probably defend yourself a little. I it sucks. You shouldn't have to, but it's such a serious claim that you probably do have to put a defense. Okay, let's move on to Alex. Uh, sorry, for, it's it looked like uh, it looked like one of us froze again, but. I kept talking and I figure I will piece that together. Whatever came out of it. Sounds good. All right. Alex from doesn't say where he's from. Just says his last name. I don't even know why I said from, <laughs> we don't, we don't have froms for any of these people. <laughs> Alex from Dubik. Now I'm reading an inner DJ of some sort. <laughs> Alex Svetich. I, I probably ruined that. Any ideas on how to promote people drafting faster in startups? Okay, so this this man, I have this issue with a few divisions in SFB every year. I have this in King of the Hill this year somehow, because um, those are really good owners. I don't know why, but uh, I I just uh, I don't I don't really have a problem with it. You know, people have their the draft clock, the draft clock is set. If you're consistently hitting the, the edge of that draft clock, then that's an issue. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, you set up a draft clock for a reason and people have the right to use that draft clock. It sucks, but if you don't like it, I mean, Safe, League, Safe Leagues uses a four hour draft clock instead of eight. Uh, if you don't like draft clock and say if if a pick gets skipped, you will input it when you get time. And then, you know, the drafts will move faster then. I I, I guess that's the only thing I have to say. I I don't know. Maybe, Ryan, you have a better way?
1: Not really. I would just, yeah, I would just adjust the draft clock. Um, I have heard from a couple of uh, people recently who didn't use the draft clock at all because they didn't want to put that pressure on. Or maybe the league was a little um, less... Uh, I don't know, less serious, less competitive, whatever you want to say about that. Um, so they, because of that, they didn't use a draft clock at all. Um, so I would say definitely use a draft clock, and if for whatever reason it's not working, then make an adjustment from there and lower it.
0: Yeah. Yep. It's. Uh, I, I. I almost always recommend a draft clock. You know I rock that I didn't have a draft clock but it was with 11 people that I knew'd be good I mean if if you're having those kind of problems yeah just just adjust the draft clock down a notch if it's if it's really that big of a problem and either people will adjust or they'll get their pick skipped <laughs> I mean it's as simple as that okay uh, let's go with the final question here and this one is not an easy question <laughs> in fact I I this should almost be an article. <laughs> it was writing this article once but about two kiwis uh joel northrop i was hoping for some guidance on how to expand my 23 man roster 10 team dynasty league into a 12 team league the fairest and easiest way possible well expansion is never going to be hundred percent fair there's there's no way to do it that's a hundred you just got to find the, the i guess the fairest way you can most people recommend cutting down to a certain amount, and then giving the first two or even first four draft picks to the new two teams, the two new teams, and just letting those expansion teams know it's going to be a bumpy ride. That's that's generally how it's done. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm. Don't. I'm going to guess you probably haven't had to deal with this, Ryan. But ha- have you? I've never
1: expanded in a league that I commissioned, but my first dynasty league ever, I joined as an expansion team, um, and this was this was a, a friends league, college buddies league, not my college buddies, but um, just a group of friends. And they were not. It, it was one of those leagues we were talking about earlier that shuts down in the off season. It was not a, a serious. You know, high priority league for most people. Um, so I don't think they did this necessarily on purpose, but this was the way it was handled. I came into the league. I got the and myself and and one other uh, one other guy. We got the last two picks in each round of the rookie draft. So I think there. Were, I think the rookie draft was three rounds. Um, so it was moving from a ten-team league to twelve-team, and we got eleven and twelve in each round. Um, there was no expansion draft at all. Um, after the rookie draft, we were able and allowed to add players from the waiver wire, and that was that was how we built our team. Um, <laughs> so that was not fair. No, nope. do, do nope. not do that. That's that's the last thing you should do. Um, what I like to do is, I guess, similar to. Um, what the professional sports leagues do when they expand, I, I can think of the NBA doing this. Uh, it, it's been a while since we've seen new teams in well, really in, in any of those pro sports leagues, but uh, for some reason, the NBA expansion draft is, is sticking in my mind that each team gets to protect a, a certain amount of players and the two new teams take part in that expansion draft. Um, the number, and again, I've, I've never done this in a league, I commish, but I have been asked about it before I've thought about it. And this is kind of what I came up with. If I experienced it myself, maybe I would see some flaws and make some changes, but I, I like to say the number of starters plus two. So it depends. And that doesn't have to be a starting lineup, meaning you don't have to protect a defense or a kicker or a tight end, whatever, but you protect. If you start eight players, you protect 10. If you start 10, you protect, protect 12 and so on. Uh, And then when one of your players is drafted, then you get to pull another player back and protect an additional player. So that's kind of similar to what the NBA does. uh, And I'm assuming the other leagues are like that as well. I just can't really remember those.
0: Yeah. I, I think the, the, that that's pretty spot on. Um, I was going to say, starting lineup minimum as the ones you would protect. Uh, I would would generally go deeper than that. I generally prefer to tell expansion teams, yeah, it's going to be a bumpy ride and give them more rookie capital than um, pulling – I'd rather give them – rookie picks then pull players away from teams that had drafted them and owned them and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so i i guess i would say do what you feel is fair as far as the the ratio there like if you are keeping you have a 23 man roster if you're if you're going to keep 16 players you're giving the expansion teams crap just plain crap uh, even even in a 10man league <laughs> so so then they should be, they, then they, they should they should have like a wallop of rookie picks uh, like you know the first three or four each you know uh, what does suck about that situation i hope you planned this expansion a year in advance because people made trades based on the rookie draft right you know and now those rookie picks are two four six picks worse than they were you know? So I don't, I don't ever recommend doing an expansion draft like within the year. I, I usually say, Hey, let's do it a year out. Let's plan to expand a year out. Uh, if it is within the year, it's really tough to do rookies and you might just have to do it. Ryan said, starting lineup, starting lineup plus two and let the, let the new teams have the rest, uh, yeah it's 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 not easy uh if you want to talk to me about this on twitter uh or you know shoot me a dm at scottfish 24 i could definitely love to talk to you about it um i have done it twice before two uh, two different expansions actually i've done two expansions in dynasties and my home league has expanded twice and retracted once so um I, I've dealt with this quite a bit and I can say every time it's not a hundred percent fair and it's always it's always bumps, but you know, you get past it. So I think that's all we have for tonight. (laughs) So you got anything else, Ryan? Should we we let the technical difficulties end and uh, go get get on with our evenings? I think that's probably a good idea at this point. Yep. (laughs) Oh, man. The internet has not been good to probably me tonight. I I think it was you last time. I think it's me tonight. Um, Well, thank you for listening. We hope to be back very, very soon. I think we are going to you know what Let, let's say it out here if in, in the next week or two we're going to have nathan powell on the fun part is we have not even told him yet <laughs> we're, we're hoping he will listen to this and then he will know that he's coming on so thank you for listening for at ryan mc23 and me at scott fish 24 this was commission impossible have a great one